Praise the Lord. You know, uh, the Bible says, uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And so if you're redeemed, you ought to be talking. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I was, uh, I came into, uh, you know, I was a Christian. I got saved in 1967. You know, some of you are reading stuff in history books back in 1967. But anyway, I got saved in 1967. I was about 13 years old and uh, went in, uh, later on went into the Navy, uh, kind of put God on the back burner. And uh, right before I got out, um, God was drawing me back. And so um, I came when I got hot for Jesus again. Um, it was a time in the church when the Word of God was very important. I remember, how many of you remember the, the Word movement, the faith movement, the, you know, uh, the Word works, you know, the, the big phrase was the Word works. Well, that's where I came in, and, you know, we've gone through other things, but, you know, the Word still works. You know, truth does not change. I'll say that again. Truth does not change. Principles do not change. You might say, well, the world is changing, but truth doesn't change. If you want something solid, you stay with the truth. And so uh, as, we were go- as we were singing this morning, I can't remember the, the exact words, but we were, ta- we were singing about a temple. Remember that song we were singing about? I don't remember the words. Do you, anybody else remember? Or you got short-term memory? Yeah, let your presence fill this temple. Well, you know this uh, temple that he's talking about. Is that not it? What is it? Let our praises fill, let us, let our praises fill this temple. Well, when, when our praises fill the temple, then his presence fill this, fills the temple. Amen. Because he inhabits the praises of, of his people. And you know, uh, bec- uh, a lot of times we think about the temple as a brick and mortar, concrete, steel, Structure when the reality is is God's temple is His people. Those that are born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, they are His temple, and His temple is ever increasing, ever growing, never going back, never retreating. His temple, the Bible says, of His kingdom, which which the church is part of the kingdom. Of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. And so uh, I started this a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember the last time I preached here. But uh, I I started out uh, on a message called Prospering in Two Worlds. Well, I want to continue that. Prospering in Two Worlds. And so in Second um, Corinthians chapter 4, it says this. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. How many of you know in today's, in today's world, you know, it's easy to lose heart. You know, it's, uh, you know, we are, how many of you have ever noticed, or maybe some of you uh, have gotten it. Have you ever gotten information overload? Information overload. My wife can tell when I have information overload. She's talking to me and I'm not there. 
Yeah, that's called information. It's not, it's, like, it's not like we purposely tune people out. But the reality is is some people can only handle so much information. So when they get into information overload, then we kind of blank. We have this glassy stare. You know, there's, you, know you look in the eyes and we're not there. <laughs> Why? You know, it could be we've gone somewhere else. James Taylor used to sing a song, In My Mind, I'm Going to Carolina. (laughs) Well, when I get information overload, I might be somewhere else in my mind. But the reality is, is, you know, even during World War II, it might have been months before you found out anything from a loved one. Might have been months before you found out maybe your loved one was wounded or missing in action or killed. It might have been months Now you are talking, I mean, you're talking on the phone right now. Somebody's over, somebody's on the other side of the world and you're talking to them in the moment. And then of course we have the the lovely media that gives us more information that we want to, than we want to hear and information that they're, that they want us to hear. Amen. We won't go there, but. So what are we talking about? We're talking about prospering in two worlds. We must have victory in the unseen world if we want lasting success in the seen world. Some of you might say, well, you know, maybe we should talk about last week. How many of you remember last? Anybody remember last week? Not what I preached. I'm talking about in Texas. Well, you know, the kingdom of God did not retreat. And as we read here, though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. You know, I posted some pictures on Saturday of, uh, of when, I was in, <laughs> when I was in the military. Man, I looked good when I was 18. I look good when I was 22. I look good now, but not as good as I look back then. I felt better back then too. Though our outward man perish, yet, you know, I still feel like I'm 21 on the inside. You know, in my mind, I picture myself, you know, when, when we talk about singing and dancing and worshiping, I'm doing a lot more on the inside than I can do on the outside. I'm my, I, it looks like I'm just slow dancing, but on the inside, I can do a lot more on the inside. Though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. Those, uh, those people in Texas, bless God, those ones that, that passed on, they're in glory. They're not, they haven't retreated. They're, you know, they're, they're in more life now than they've ever experienced. Now, of course, we need to pray for those that have survived. You know, the Lord, you know, uh, I don't know if this was me. I don't think it was. But a thought came to my mind. And I said, Lord, let us 
give us discernment to pray for shooters so that they can be stopped before they do what they do. You know, we've got that. We, we have power with God. We have grace with God. Are we, do we have faith enough to believe that God would give us insight to stop something before it happens? Why well, I might have, uh, Elijah, Elisha, I'm sorry, Elisha, would, uh, would see the plans of the Syrian king before he would carry it out, and he would warn uh, the king of Israel, saying, don't go to this place because there's an ambush there. And he would send out spies, and there would be an ambush there. So God was giving information, supernatural information, to stop something before it happened. Do you believe that, that we, and I'm not just talking about me as an individual, I'm talking about us, and I'm talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we would ask that God would give us revelation or that he would give law enforcement information so that they could stop these people before they do their deed. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't know if you know it or not, but uh, we're going we're gonna to start locking our doors just for safety. How many of you know God gave us a brain? Is it okay to use it every now and then? Oh, no, I'm in the spirit. Well, you better be in the spirit. I'm talking about prospering in two worlds. I'm talking about prospering in the natural world, prospering in the spiritual world, and the spiritual world will speak to the natural world so that we can prosper in both worlds. So he says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, Therefore do we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. How is my inward man renewed? You know, your inward man is your strongest part. Your inward man is renewed by us fellowshipping with each other. Your inward man is renewed by the Spirit. What's it say in uh, Jude? But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Our inward man is renewed by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, familiar illustration, but you know, I've been, I've been to some pretty nice restaurants, mainly because people would take me there. I wouldn't go there on my own. But, you know, one of my favorites is Outback or Texas Roadhouse. Texas Roadhouse, you know. Yeah, I just love eating peanuts out of a can and throwing the shells on the floor. It's just something, just something about that. I couldn't do it at home, you know, but I can do it there. You know, I've eaten there once. I've eaten there more than once. I could probably count on one hand, but, but you know what? I'm going to go back again. How many of you have enjoyed a nice steak before? Wouldn't you like to enjoy another one? Well, you got to go back to do it, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
So the reason I said all that is because Jesus said man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So, oh, that was a good word. Well, bless God. How many of you uh, eat on Sunday and don't eat until next week? How many of you eat a meal on Sunday, a big meal? We're going to have a meal today. Hallelujah. We eat a big meal on Sunday, but we don't eat anything else until the next week. No, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So I want, I, you know, I kind of have this habit of eating. <laughs> There's an old country song. I'm going to sing this for Tracy. <laughs> and I'm going to try to do it in the, in the nasal way. Once a day, this is how I eat. Once a day, every day, all day long. <laughs> you know, that's how we, you know, that's how we eat, you know. But the word, but if I want to live, if I want to truly live, I want to, Jesus said, you'll not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So I'm not just getting it from here, even though I want to get it from here. I want to hear from the spirit. Amen. Just, uh, I think it was Friday or Saturday. I, I, I was lying in bed and, you know, I wake up like at ungodly hours. I think, oh, Lord, don't you want me to sleep? I don't think he does. Anyway. But, you know, a familiar scripture just popped up in my mind. He said, he said to me, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that you may boldly say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can men do unto me. One of the things that we prosper in the natural, in the spiritual world is realizing that God never lies. I want us to go to uh, Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, I didn't write this one out, but it's in my Bible, hallelujah. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 19. Thank you, Jesus. That's not it. Praise the Lord. Numbers 23, hallelujah. 23. And verse 19, he says this, he says, God is not a man that he should lie. In other words, God doesn't lie. Turn somebody and say, God doesn't lie. Now, if you think he has, then you're mistaken. If you think God has lied to you, you're mistaken. That's one of the things we have to, re if we're going to prosper in the natural world, in the spiritual world, we have got to live with the belief that God doesn't lie. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? 
Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Behold, now this is Balaam. Balaam was hired to curse the people of Israel. He says, behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, God has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. When God blesses you, the enemy cannot reverse it. Hallelujah. You mind if I pick you mind if I look at you? Okay. Happy birthday, by the way. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He has made a promise to you, and God, God says, I, you know, if there's any cursing coming, it's not coming from God. He says, God, ha- the, the prophet said, the false prophet, the false prophet with the most accurate word in the scripture. <laughs> Think about that. He's the guy that prophesied the star of David or the star of, the, of Bethlehem. But he's considered a false prophet. So, how, so we might want to th- rethink this thing about if the word, if, if somebody gives a word and it doesn't come to pass, they're a false prophet. Because there are conditions to words. Just a thought. But he says, Behold, I have received a command to bless. Do you know that you have that same command? In the New Testament, there is a command that God gives you to bless and not curse. He says, now listen to this. Now you might think, well, this is, this is talking about the Jews. Well, I'm going to get to a scripture that shows you that we have a better covenant with better promises. Listen to this. He says, he has not observed iniquity in, in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. How many of you have ever read the Old Testament? Did, were they, did they kind of slip into iniquity? Did they kind of do things <laughs> that, are you saying, God, are you, God, did you miss something? You know, when God looks at you, he sees where he's taking you. Do you know that God has the ability to rewrite your past? How many, of you, how many of you worry sometimes about things you, you've done? God says he doesn't even remember. It's a choice not to remember. He doesn't even remember. He chooses not to remember. So he says, he has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor seen wickedness in Israel. He says, the Lord is with him. And the shout of the king is among him. Then verse 23, there is no sorcery against Jacob. In other words, they might speak it, but it doesn't take a hold. That's good news. That's good news. We've got to realize that we prosper Now let's go to uh, Hebrews. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Titus, let's go to Titus first. 
Anybody has still carry a Bible with you? Okay, Titus chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Uh, 1 and 2, it says, Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie promised. What's it say? God who cannot do what? So for me to prosper in either world, I have to have a belief I have to have a foundation that God cannot lie. God cannot lie. Thank you, Jesus. Then uh, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. He says, let us, let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you has. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now this next phrase, that I may boldly say. See, a lot of times we, we whisper our faith. But he says that I may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can men do unto me? I want us to go to Second uh, Corinthians chapter four. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse thirteen. Thank you, Jesus. Beginning in. Uh, Verse 13, it says, And since we have the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believe, therefore I spoke, we believe and also speak, knowing that he who raised up our Lord will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For, in all, uh, for all things are for your sake, that grace might spread through many and may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. So, we've already spoken this. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. The One of the one of the ways of prospering in both worlds is to be able to speak. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, he says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for his glory which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. One of the things you have to come to the conclusion is, is that God and the devil are not on level ground. Amen. Satan is not God's equal. Satan is actually a created being 
He was on the level with Michael the archangel, but he's still a created being. I had this thought years ago that even, I don't know if Satan breathes, but his next breath depends on the Lord. He does, there, there's nothing, there, he has no power whatsoever in comparison with the Lord. So he goes on to say, and you've heard, you've heard this before, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. A lot of times we're waiting for some future event for God to reveal something to us, like when I get to heaven, I'm going to finally get to see it all. Well, according to this scripture, God is revealing now through his spirit. So we've got to have an openness, an openness to that. Second Corinthians. Thank you, Jesus. Well, he says in Hebrews chapter three and verse one, he says, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession. So Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Well, what if we don't say anything? What if the redeemed of the Lord is keeping quiet? Then the apostle and the high priest of our confession has nothing to do. Or what would even be worse? If the redeemed of the Lord would say things contrary to what the Lord has promised. Like, I'm just so afraid. I am, I don't know if I'll ever get over this. I, you appeared. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. You got transported. <laughs> All right, transported from Walmart. God moves in Walmart. Thank you, Jesus. So he is the apostle and the high priest of our confession. How do I prosper in a natural world and a spiritual world? I, by connecting with the high priest of my confession, the apostle and the high priest of my confession. What is your confession? Is your confession lining up with what he's saying? Thank you, Jesus. Also, in uh, Hebrews chapter 4.14, he says, Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted, yet without sin. Let us come boldly before the throne of grace. How do we come? I want to ask you a question. I want to sit down. If he says to come boldly before the throne of grace, do I come? Do I come in with a? They're just going to set up for the party. 
If I if I'm told if I how am I coming into the throne of grace? Am I coming in uh, as am I coming in uh, fearful? Am I coming in not feeling worthy? If I'm coming in feeling not feeling worthy, am I going to express the faith? Am I going to express the faith that he wants to respond to? If you feel like you're insignificant or if you feel like you you don't measure up, then you're not coming in boldly and you're not expressing the faith that he wants to move on. I don't have a song for this, but there ought to be a song for this. Easier said than done. Easier said than done, but the reality is if I, want, if I want response from heaven, I've got to come in like he wants me to. I've got to come in boldly. I've got to come in boldly so that he responds because why? He responds to a bold faith. You say, well, he hears my faintest cry. Yes, he hears your faintest cry and he's there to comfort you during your weakest time. But the reality is, is he moves when we, when we respond in bold faith. Amen. It's like I said earlier, that thought came to me about pray, asking God that we, that we as a church, as a body of Christ, would be able to pray that God would reveal where shooters and terrorists are so that law enforcement can find them before they have a, before they have a chance to act. Do you think that's kind of bold? Do you think that's out of line? No, I think God wants us to do that. He wants us to be bold enough to ask him to do that. Well, what, well, what if they do it? Any, well, just keep... Anybody here made any mistakes when you first started driving? Anybody here have an accident after you started driving? Did you quit driving? You drove here this morning. I saw you pull in. It wasn't anybody else driving. It was you in the car by yourself. You were behind the steering wheel. But yet you made previous mistakes. But yet you didn't give up. You kept on driving. You might think, well, the Lord hasn't heard me. So what? You think the Lord hasn't heard you. He says, don't come to me timidly. That's what I was looking for before, timid. Don't come to me timidly, become, but come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord. I'm just going to go to the end. Hallelujah. Because really, I was supposed to go through the, through the 11th chapter of Hebrews. I'm still in the introduction. But I want to give you the end of the sermon, the, the end of the message. How do we prosper in the seen and the unseen world? We see it. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. Now, of course, you'll need to remember the, some of the previous verses. I'll just mention one. 
But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Two things. One is when he says you must believe that he is, it's not just talking about that he exists. It's talking about what he says about himself. God says, I am the Lord who meets every need according to, your, according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The Lord said, have you, ever conf- have you ever confessed that when you didn't have any money? Like uh, he would supply all of your need and you don't have any money. Doesn't feel right, does it? Doesn't matter what it feels like. Because I'm not trying to just affect this world. I'm trying to affect an unseen world that responds when I respond in faith. My God will supply, but you're broke. My God shall, but you're behind on your bills. My God shall, but, 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 but. Forget about your butt. Forget about the butt in your mind and remember that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Have you ever been sick? Just a couple of weeks ago. Man, I I can't even, if I described it, you get grossed out. I had phlegm just constantly. I was... Not, not that. But you know how you have to clear your throat. But it was gobs and gobs and gobs of it. I had to give up half and half for a week. You know. That was terrible. But you know, I didn't, I didn't lay there and say, Oh man, I'm getting worse. Oh God, would you? No. My God, my God is my healer. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals me. I wasn't responding to what I was seeing. I was not moved by what I saw. I was moved by what I knew. I am not only aware of the natural world, and this is what I wanted to tell you before, I'm not, aware, I'm not just aware of the natural world. I am aware of the spiritual world all the time. The spiritual world for me is not just Sunday morning. I am balancing the natural world and the spiritual world all the time. I am not ignoring the natural world. But I'm not going to ignore the spiritual world. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, he says, all these died in faith, not having received the promise. Man, I, I, sometimes I didn't even want to read that verse. All these died in faith, not having received the promise, but, saw, but having saw them afar off. Now here's a key here. Do you see your promise? I'm not just talking about on paper and ink. How many of you, when you're sick, you think you're going to die? 
It feels like it. But yet, he says the promise, you have to see them. When you see yourself, when you feel yourself sick, you have to see yourself well. Let's take this in another direction. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved and thy house. Well, you know, you might have, you, you're believing the Lord and it just doesn't look like your kids are grabbing hold of it. But are you seeing afar off? Sometimes it looks like they're far off. They're, they're way out there. But you have to see them near. He's, they saw them afar off and were assured of them. When you think of a, when you think of a covenant promise that God gives you, or do you get reassurance every time you think about it? Or are you focusing on the circumstance that appears now? I got a, a text <laughs> from, uh, from, my, from my older brother. Well, that's a, I mean, it's rare. He, he thanked me for being a veteran yesterday. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I just wrote back and I said, um, You're welcome. But I said, uh, it was all a part of the Lord's plan. They wrote back, God is good. During service, I wrote back, amen. But you know what? I remember when he was in uh, witchcraft, he was in soul travel. Anybody know what soul travel is? That means when you uh, get into a state where your soul leaves your body and you travel. And so uh, I remember uh, we'd go over to his house and he would say, hey, man, you want to get high? And I'd say, I'm already high. He said, what, what are you high on? I said, the most high. I'm high on Jesus. Ah, I'm not talking about that stuff. I said, no, I don't want. You know, and uh, he would, and we would pray for him. You know, I don't know if this is scriptural, but uh, back then, we used to pray, Lord, make him miserable. Yeah. <laughs> make him miserable. <laughs> the only thing is, the scripture says, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. <laughs> Of course, it could be good to make them miserable. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, um, we prayed and prayed. and You know, the Lord did some things. The Lord moved upon my sister who had, at the time, she had lupus. The Lord healed her of lupus. The Lord, uh, and we got her baptized in the Holy Ghost. That was more of a miracle than I realized because through, through going to college, she had rejected the foundations of the faith. But she saw a difference in us. And so anyway, she got filled with the Holy Spirit. And man, she like, it was like, this is back in the old days. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. 
Open prison doors, sets the captives free. I got a river of life flowing out of me. Man, there's a bunch of old people here. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway she, was, she was transformed. She became, there was a fountain coming out of her. There was a transformation, and my brother saw it. And then he saw this other, this other miraculous thing, which I don't have time to tell you. You've already heard it in another sermon. I'll use it again sometime. But um, he, ah, I'll tell it. <laughs> we, we uh, Melody and I started out in ministry. We, we worked with Teen Challenge. We ran the Teen Challenge coffee house. That was the, that was the beginning of our ministry. And so there was a guy there by the name of Floyd. And Floyd had, he, according to his testimony, he was part of the Teen Challenge. And he said he used to run with Nikki Cruz and, you know, whatever. I'm not sure if he did, but he, he said he did. And uh, so anyway, Floyd was kind of a highlight because he had a great testimony. And, uh, but he kind of backslid. You know what kind of backslide means? That means you go out and you get high and you get in a wreck, you know. He got in a wreck and he busted up all his teeth. They were all crooked. And so he comes in, you know, he doesn't have any money, doesn't have any health insurance, doesn't have nothing. You know, and so his teeth are all, I'll just use the word, jacked up. They're all messed up. And so, um, so my brother and his girlfriend at the time, I don't know if he was married at the time, but they were as high as a kite. There was like rocket man. I'm a rocket man, rocket man. Anyway, they were out there. And so Floyd came in, all hurting, teeth all crooked and messed up and in pain. So well, let's pray for Floyd. We start praying for Floyd and Floyd's teeth straighten up. Instantly, he didn't have them all there. But the ones he had, <laughs> the ones he had was straightened up. And then he said, I'm hungry. I don't know if, you, I don't know if they're still like this, but back then, Teen Challenge, Teen Challenge just didn't have a lot of money. And so all we had was raw carrots. Hey, man, if you want to check it out, you give somebody raw carrots. So we gave Floyd raw carrots just after the Lord healed him, straightened up his teeth, and he was there chomping. So all of a sudden, I look around, and my brother and his girlfriend disappeared. Just like Danny. He, he, Danny appeared. These guys disappeared. So about two weeks later, we were having a family Fourth uh, of July, you know, get together, picnic. So he and I were sitting next to each other. And I was in my shorts and t shirt. You have to remember, I was probably a 32 waist at the time. But anyway, <laughs> back in the day. Anyway, so we were sitting there, and he said, Hey, man, <laughs> you remember back in those days? 
hey, man, who healed that guy? I said, Jesus. He said, no, no, no. He said, who healed that guy? I said, Jesus. No, no, who healed that guy? Jesus. So he knew he wasn't going to get anywhere. And uh, so we just kept on praying. And, oh, I told you about the soul travel thing. Well, you know, we were praying, and he would do, go into this, I think they called it astro projection or something like that. But anyway, he was doing his thing, and he said he felt his soul getting ready to leave his body, and a voice spoke and said, what if while you're gone, something evil enters in? So that kind of scared him a little bit. So he shut it down. He tried it again a week later, felt his soul beginning to leave his body. And a voice came and said, what if while you're gone, something evil enters in? So anyway, make a long, make a longer, (laughs) a shorter story longer, yeah. Um, I bought a bicycle, Melody and I bought bicycles from Ketchum's. In, in Missouri, Ketchum's, that was the name of the, of the store. And so my brother, unks be known to us, he had bought a bicycle also. And so we were there and he was there, it was in, it was in the evening, and he said, hey man, he said, uh, he said, I'd like to ride my bike home, would you drive my car over to the apartment? So Melody drove our car and I drew, drove his car over to his apartment. And he says, hey, man, would you like to stay for supper? Sure, man. <laughs> Boiled hot dogs. That's, that, was, <laughs> that was supper. But, you know, he lived in an upstairs apartment, and he only had a condi- uh, uh, window air conditioner, so he had a thick blanket-type curtain in between the kitchen and the living room to keep the cold air in. So he was out there preparing supper. <laughs> And uh, Melody and I were in, in the cool uh, air conditioning. And he said, uh, he said, I'm glad you came over. I got some questions I want to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) And man, about, about 40 minutes later, he had his hands raised. He was praying in tongues. He, you know, the, the whole package. Well, you know what? We, we were able to break a power in an unseen world. We prosper, we prosper in the unseen world, and we prosper in the, in the physical world. You know, I'll tell you one of the things that got us moving in the spirit. You know, I, we were as dumb as a bag of rocks. We didn't know nothing. You know, and, uh, well, I remember, (laughs) I remember a lot of junk. But anyway, um, somebody called Melody, and and she she was talking, and the lady suggested that we, when we go to bed, we just pray in tongues for 15 minutes, half hour, whatever, and then get quiet and write down what we hear. 
This was back in 1976 or 77. And those words that I wrote down, I'm doing today. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Because I listened to the unseen world, I prosper in the natural world. Do you know that, do you know that God knows how to fix cars? I don't know how to fix cars, but he told me how to fix a car one time. No matter where you work or where you live or where you're at, the, whole, the, the unseen world can fix your problems. You want to prosper in the seen world and the unseen world. I'm going to take a chance here. Uh, was there a healing this morning? There was. You want to tell us about it? Come up here. Let me let me give you a hug. Okay, tell the story too. <laughs> yeah. I was say, a lot of you have known me probably since I was what ten years old when I first started coming here. But I don't usually tell people about my past. I come from a lot of abuse, and I'd be more than I want to even tell you. You don't have to. Um, and I still have times where uh, there are different things that happen within our home that bring back memories of those who have hurt me. And it, I mean, I find myself, my daughter can tell you, I find myself, I become very mean. I become very vocal, and they're not words that I even myself like. Um, I come in this morning, as I said to you, I do have issues with the cold, and, and I'm not one for pain. Uh, you would think, oh, she's a tough girl. If you knew where I work, I build tractor trailers for a living. So, no, she's a tough girl. No, I'm not. Um, I've learned to be tough because that's all I know. I have to be strong. It's all my children have. I mean, like I said, if you actually knew. Um, but underneath it all, if you know me, I'm very kind-hearted. I'm very laid back. Very quiet. Um, like I said, I can become very mean because I'm pushed to be that way. I, I would rather hug you, be with you. I mean, my kids will tell you. I don't even have, don't like to even have to correct them. Uh, it, it is one thing that drives me nuts. So what happened this morning? But anyhow, um, like I said, I was in lots of pain when I came in this morning to the point where my spine hurts. But let's just say my spine was hurting, and it was hurting very bad. Um, it's where it hurts my neck. It makes me have headaches. It makes me nauseated, dizzy. Um, but anyhow, um, they were praying for me this morning, and I felt the pain starting to move. It, it, was, it was going. My I, I can actually move my arms. I can feel my spine stretching because they say there are no spaces in my back. I was born with no spaces whatsoever in my back, so my bones are literally on top of each other. Um, I had an epidural with my daughter many years ago, which caused lots of pain. And I was looking for them to this day. But like I said, I can I felt my arms stretching out. I can feel my legs stretching. Mm. I can feel my arms stretching. 
the pain from my neck is gone. Um, I still am still dealing with a little bit of the head, but I'm thinking some of that's due to sinuses. But yes, um, I was in extreme pain this morning, and I hide it from you all. I really do, because like I said, all I know is to be strong. So uh, how high could you lift your arms when you came in? If I was lucky, I might have been able to put my arms here. So what happened after they prayed? I can literally bring my arms completely above my head now. Thank you, Lord. So God is good. Very good. Amen. Well, I appreciate you sharing. Amen. God is good. Does anybody, uh, anybody have any uh, pain today? You're carrying. Nobody all, we're all, oh, y'all, okay. Thank you, Jesus. We have the healing team with us this morning, okay. So uh, would you like to pray? Oh, you have something? I, I just felt this is a little different, but I just felt that there's some here that have been praying something you, uh, in other words, you need a almost an agreement, not because God hasn't heard you, but that uh, as you get an agreement, the faith is going to rise to be able to see it and receive it. So if there's anybody here in that realm that just needs an agreement to stand with you, uh, you know, that's what I got. Okay, so uh, if you have any pain in, in your body or you... You like prayer, then come on up. Uh, we're going to dismiss Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus. We just thank you for this day. We thank you for the Holy Spirit teaching us how to prosper, Lord, in this world, Lord God, in the unseen world. We thank you, Lord God, that you're going to open our eyes, Lord, to be able to spread the message of Jesus Christ in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, Lord God, and his kingdom now. Lord, Lord God, bring in healing, health, wholeness, prosperity in Jesus' name. Amen.